listening to Buggy Talk, where some of your favorite authors, friends, and guests explore the simpler side of life. Here's your host, Amish fiction author, Tracy Fertikowski. Hey there, and welcome to another episode of Buggy Talk. I'm your host, Tracy Fertikowski, and each week I bring you the story behind the stories along with the storytellers. For this week's episode, I promised you Sarah Harris, but we needed to reschedule Sarah's interview, and we'll have her back on this fall talking about Rebecca's quilt. So, I decided to treat you all to something special today. As many of you know, I am writing a series called The Secrets of Willow Springs, and there's book one, book two, and book three, and book one and book two are out there and waiting for you to enjoy. Book three will release in the spring of 2021, and while I am busy fine-tuning and polishing that book three, I thought I'd give you a little treat today by reading you a couple chapters of Secrets of Willow Willow Springs, book one. So enjoy. Chapter one. Emma sat in the far corner of her parents' porch, protected from the rain and hidden from the watchful eye of her dad. Leaning her head against the back of the chair, she tried to remember when her dad started to act so strange. He told her again that morning that under no circumstances was she to go anywhere without him or her ma'am. Sitting up in her chair, she petted someday on his head and wrapped her arms around his neck and whispered, I can always count on you to be glad to see me. Listening to the sound of the rain on the roof was just what she needed to calm her anxiety over staying out of her dad's way. It was just about as soothing as working in the garden because she loved to feel the warm soil in her hands and enjoyed tending to the gardens around the farm. The purple and white pansies along the picket fence were in full bloom, and she smiled at how they looked as if they were welcoming in the spring rain. Closing her eyes again, she leaned back and replayed the conversation she had had with her dad at breakfast. Do you know what today is? A canning day, her ma'am said as she put a plate of pancakes in the middle of the table. We have three baskets of strawberries waiting for us on the back porch. Well, that too, but it's June 17th, and it's just 30 more days until my birthday. She turned to her dad and said, I thought you might let me go to the market with the girls this morning. Now, didn't your ma'am just say you were to help with strawberries? Yeah, but I thought just this once you might let me go. Well, you thought wrong. She knew better than to argue and just went back to her breakfast, feeling defeated by his sharp tone. The sound of the sliding door startled her, and she opened her eyes and looked across the yard. Matthew, her brooder, was in the barn tending to a sick calf. He was standing in the doorway as if he was looking for a break in the rain to make it back to the house. She leaned back and thought how rare it was to be enjoying such a long break from her Saturday chores. They had been making jam all morning, and the smell of strawberries was still thick in the air. They had just come upstairs from the basement kitchen when her dad came storming through the kitchen door. She hadn't even gotten a chance to pour a glass of meadow tea before her ma'am shooed her outside. Stella pulled a chair out so Jacob could sit down. She glanced to make sure Emma had left the room and grabbed Jacob's hand and started to rub it lovingly. What's the matter? she asked as she handed him a glass of tea. 
I don't understand how three orders got mixed up, the lumber delivery delayed, and why Matthew has another sick calf. Let Catherine worry about the orders, and Matthew, he'll figure out what the problem is in the barn. You need to quit letting these little things upset you so. He knew she was right, but it was getting harder and harder to control his anxiety. When silence fell between them, Stella looked into his eyes and saw the same fear she saw six months ago when the letter and the newspaper article came from his Schwester in Ohio. This has nothing to do with the orders, does it? Jacob hung his head and started to rub the back of his neck with his free hand. I have a notion this has more to do with Emma's birthday than anything else. When Emma mentioned her birthday this morning, I saw that panicked look in your eyes. I pray God will give us direction and show us what we need to do. He won't let us down, Jacob. There's nothing we can do to protect Emma other than put our faith in the Lord. He gave her to us to protect, and we need to have faith that he'll help her with the choices she soon needs to make. Jacob leaned back in his chair and closed his eyes and said, I know he'll watch over her, but we're running out of time. No matter how hard I try to keep her close, I think what I'm really doing is pushing her away. Look, I promised Walter before he died I'd tell her the truth when she turned 16. Jacob, we knew this day would come, and I'm as worried as you are. But what good are we doing by forbidding her to leave the house? When she turns 16 and starts her rumspringa, there's nothing we can do but let her make her own choices. What are you afraid of? I'm afraid she won't want to stay once she learns the truth. Stella leaned in closer and laid her head against Jacob's while she recited one of her favorite Bible verses. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayerful and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. Emma felt protected in the corner of the porch where she couldn't be seen. Across the yard, she spotted her brooder again. Matthew was five years older and took care of the farm while her dad tended to the furniture shop. Matthew kept to himself, and the only friend she knew he had was Daniel Miller from the Freed store. She had been sure Sarah Mast would end up being her sister-in-law, but she moved to Ohio suddenly last year. Matthew never mentioned her name and spent most of his days in the barn with his calves. As she continued to enjoy her solitude, she heard the clip-clop announcing her Schwester's wagon as it turned down the long driveway. Her dad's mood was getting worse, and she noticed the change in him every time she entered the room. Just yesterday, she asked her ma'am again if he was upset with her about something, and her ma'am just assured her she was just imagining it. Lately, she sensed she frustrated her dad to no end. She often felt him glare at her, always followed by him rubbing the, his hand along the scar that lined his face from his temple to his chin. She wished she understood his sudden reaction to her, and she vowed to stay out of his way the best she could. She had to believe the scar on his face had something to do with it, but lately no one could break through his icy cold stare but her sweet ma'am. 
years ago. She even tried to get them to explain the scar, but they told her it was doings of the past and nothing would be gained by talking about it. As Emma rocked in her favorite chair, she suddenly remembered the strawberry flower Samuel Yoder had picked and quietly passed to her without a word yesterday. Him on one side of the row and her on the other, their fingers often brushed as they reached to pick the ripest berry. On one of her last reaches, he slipped the little white flower into the palm of her hand. When she looked up, he acted like he had done nothing out of the ordinary. As quickly as he passed the flower, he rolled one of his corny jokes off his lips. So, what do you call a cow that has the jitters? Emma put the flower in her apron pocket without mentioning it and said, I don't know, what do you call a cow with the jitters? Beef jerky! Samuel laughed at his own joke and got up and carried his full basket of strawberries to the wagon at the end of the row. No words were needed, and the silent connection and joyful way he had at making her laugh was all she needed. As soon as she got home, she placed the delicate small flower in her special memories box. Samuel was two years older and was already attending Sunday night singings. She smiled at the thought of being able to attend next month. Samuel's sister, Katie, and her best friend would turn 16 two days after her, and they looked forward to going together. They had been best friends since they learned to walk and spent every spring picking berries and every summer playing in the creek. From the time they could carry a basket, they'd been crawling through the berry patches together. The Yoder's farm butted up against their farm, dividing the two properties with a line of sugar maple trees. Emma and Katie's mams had grown up together and were best friends as long as either of them could remember. Emma's parents had inherited the farm when her daughter died 20 years earlier, and Emma's dad grew up in Sugar Creek, Ohio, and moved to Willow Springs to apprentice with Dottie when he was just 17. That was all Emma knew about her dad's past. He never spoke of his childhood or any of his family in Holmes County, and never about the scar on his face. The rain had stopped and the sun was starting to peek through the clouds when she heard the screen door slam. Shortly after, she saw her dad walk across the yard to the wood shop. She heard her ma'am's fingers tap on the window behind her head, signaling for her to come back inside. The next day, church was being held at the mast farm. Emma and her schwesters decided to walk instead of riding in the buggy. It was only two miles and a perfect morning for a walk. Her sisters, Anna and Rebecca, were identical twins, but had two completely different personalities. Their looks might be the same, but you could always tell them apart once they opened their mouth. They both had dark hair and bright blue eyes, the same color of the morning glories that grew alongside the barn, just like their mother's. Once they got to the large, white, clapboard farmhouse of Eli Mass, they got in line to go into the service. The petition walls that separated the kitchen from the living room had been removed, and benches were neatly lined up in rows facing each other. She sat in the second to the last row, right next to her best friend Katie. On the other side sat Rebecca and Anna. Once she was seated, she looked across the room for Samuel. He stood directly across from her on the other side of the room. There were more men than women in the 22 families that made up their church district, so some of the men had to stand during service. As the song leader started the first song, she could feel someone watching her. 
She looked around the room and her eyes stopped on Samuel, just as he crossed his eyes, made a funny face and turned away. She looked away thinking that he couldn't have just made a face at her. She kept still, looking straight ahead while trying to concentrate on the words. Just when she thought she'd mistaken, she looked over at him and he did it again. She put her hand over her mouth and tried to hide a giggle. Katie elbowed her and her ma'am turned in her seat to see where the laugh had come from. Katie saw what Samuel had done and turned toward Emma and then toward her brooder and gave them both a stern look. Emma purposely didn't look his way again until they started to sing the second song, The Low Blide. Samuel had told her a couple weeks ago that it was his favorite song. He explained how he found it amazing that every other Amish district throughout the country was singing the low blood at the same exact time. She marveled that he was touched by the song and told him that it must make a beautiful sound in heaven. When she lifted her head to look his way, she noticed he no longer needed to look at the words in the songbook and could sing it by heart just like she could. During the 20-minute song, she caught him looking her way a few more times. That time, he made no funny faces as he was fully enjoying the slow, steady song. This was her favorite part of the service, and it helped her ready her heart to hear the sermon that followed. As soon as the service was over, she headed to the kitchen to help put moon pies on a platter to be served. Before she reached the kitchen, Samuel made a point to walk her way, and as he passed, he said, was that a giggle I heard? In a whisper, she said, you know exactly what I found so amusing. Did you see the look I got from my ma'am? I'm sure I'm going to hear more about that when I get home. She couldn't help but smile as she looked up at him. He was at least six inches taller than her, and his crisp white shirt and starched black pants made him seem even taller. His face was tanned from working in his family's strawberry fields, and his boyish grin had her captivated. No matter what, she loved his playful disposition the most. Things at home were so tense lately, she looked forward to the fun banter they had with each other. Before he left to help the men push the benches together to make tables, he asked if she was coming back to the singing that evening. Emma looked around to make sure no one had come up to them before she answered, once I turn 16, I'm certain my dad will let me go, but I don't dare ask him before that. He's been moody and I don't want to set him off. I'm sure he has reasons for being short. It takes a lot to run a business in a farm. My dad gets that way sometimes, especially in the spring when the berries need picked. Samuel leaned in closer and whispered, just so you know, I'll be glad when you can come. As he walked away, he brushed his dark brown hair off his forehead, and he put his hat back on as he picked up a bench to help with the tables. He turned and winked at her as he walked away with a big grin on his face. She couldn't help but smile at the interest he was showing in her. Her birthday couldn't get here fast enough. Chapter 2 the following Saturday, Matthew could hear the delivery truck downshift before it even turned into the driveway. His friend, Daniel Miller, had been delivering feed to the farm for a couple of years, and they had become good friends. As it got closer, he put the pitchfork and the shovel away and headed to the door. I bet you're glad it stopped raining, Matthew said as he walked out of the barn to meet Daniel. Daniel extended his hand and gave Matthew a friendly handshake. The rain stopped, the sun's out, and you're my last stop for the day. 
Matthew looked forward to Daniel's deliveries, and even though he wasn't Amish, Matthew felt a connection to his English friend. I'm hungry. I was thinking about going to the sandwich shop on my way back into town. Are you up for a break? Are you hungry or are you wanting to see Melinda? Matthew replied. Daniel dropped his head and started kicking a stone on the ground, trying to hide the smile that was spreading across his face. A late lunch sounds good. How about you unload the feed while I wash up? Daniel had only been in Willow Springs for a short time when he found a friend in Matthew. Pennsylvania was so different than it had been in Ohio, and he felt out of place, but Matthew made him feel like he could fit in. Daniel's father took a job with a missionary outreach center in Pittsburgh and settled his family an hour north of the city in Willow Springs. It didn't take long to unload the milk replacer and alpaca feed to the back of the barn where Matthew stored it. Before climbing back into his truck, he knocked the mud off his boots to wait for Matthew. He loved the Byler farm. It was so different from the foster homes he had lived in before he was adopted. The farmhouse had a huge wraparound porch that covered two sides of the house. The white platform structure and the baby blue front door always looked like it had just been painted. There were four rockers lined on the porch ready for visitors, and he noticed huge ferns had been added to the porch since the last time he was there. He saw Emma move the rockers to sweep under them and lifted her hand to wave at him when she saw him. Across the yard, Matthew's father was talking to a couple who had just stepped down from their brown top buggy. He wasn't sure how he felt about Mr. Byler. He rarely spoke to him and gave him the impression he didn't approve of their friendship. Matthew mentioned once his father didn't take too well to Englishers, and he was afraid their friendship would result in Matthew leaving his old order Amish community. Once Matthew climbed into the truck, Daniel pulled away from the barn and made his way down the driveway and toward town. Without saying a word, both men fell into a comfortable silence as they enjoyed the drive. The pastures on either sides of the road were turning a beautiful spring green, perfect for the sheep and cows grazing in them. As they approached Yoder Strawberry Acres, Daniel slowed the truck down in anticipation of the traffic pulling in and out of the farm. Matthew noticed Katie was tending to the roadside stand, and Samuel was helping a customer load baskets of berries in the trunk of her car. This was a busy time for the Yoders, and he was glad the rain stopped so they could sell strawberries. Daniel smiled as he stated, I hope there's a strawberry pie on the menu. Matthew knew his friend long enough to know he had a sweet tooth a mile long, and any pie would do as long as it was served by pretty Melinda. Samuel delivers berries to them every couple days, so I'm sure of it. The mention of strawberry pie made Matthew start daydreaming about Sarah and the last time he had saw her. Last spring, Sarah had been in charge of cutting pies for the meal after church and was filling small plates when Matthew spotted her. Her dark blue dress and starched white cap blended in with every other girl, but he could pick her out without ever seeing her face. Her dark, wavy hair fought to keep tucked beneath her cap, and she was always fussing with the strands that tried to escape. Even though he was full, he had to go ask for a piece just to be near her. Out of the corner of her eye, she saw him coming. She quickly reached into her pocket to retrieve a small folded piece of paper. Looking to make sure no one had seen her, she closed her hand around the note. 
Luckily, as soon as he got close, the two girls that were working with her went to the kitchen for more plates. So if I want a piece of pie, what would you suggest? Matthew asked. If I were you, I'd stay away from the chocolate and head straight to the strawberry at the end of the table. Matthew went to reach for a slice when he heard her whisper, Let me get it for you. As she picked up the plate, she positioned the note in her hand so it would be hidden. Handing the plate to him, she hesitated long enough to make sure he felt the note and wouldn't let it fall to the floor. Alarmed by what he felt, he lifted his head to look at her. Her eyes told him he needed to take it quickly and not let on what she'd just done. Before he had a chance to say a word, she left him standing there, note in hand. Hey, have you heard a word I've said? Daniel was looking at him when he turned from the window. I'm, I'm sorry, I guess I was daydreaming. What did you say? I was asking you what you found so interesting about those sheep. Absolutely nothing. Before he knew it, they were pulling into the feed and seed to drop off the delivery truck in exchange for Daniel's truck. He'd been so busy in the barn, he didn't stop to eat and realized it was closer to supper than it was to dinner, and he was hungry. Matthew saw Daniel smile as they walked through the doors of the Haven Sandwich Shop. Daniel tipped his hat at Melinda when she looked his way. She told them to take a seat anyway, and she'd be right with them. They slipped into a booth close to the corner and started to look over the menu. Are you going to ask her out soon? You can't just keep spending your whole paycheck here just to talk to her. Her family goes to our church, and I wanted to ask her father permission before I call on her. Our youth group is starting back up the summer volleyball tournaments, and I'm hoping she'll be there. Matthew drifted again as he thought, if Sarah's dad had known they'd planned to get married, he might not have sent her off to Ohio. Their parents had no idea they'd been talking of marriage and usually didn't know of a wedding until a few weeks before it was published at church. Had they known, they may have allowed her to return to Willow Springs by now. There you go again. What are you thinking so hard about? Daniel said as he turned his head just in time to see Melinda walk up to their table. Hello, Daniel. Just hearing Melinda's sweet voice made Daniel stay. What can I bring you today? I'm going to skip a sandwich and go right for a big slice of that strawberry pie and a cup of coffee. How about you, Matthew? Would you like pie as well? No, I'll pass on the pie. I'll take a hot ham and cheese and a root beer. Melinda jotted down the order and headed to the kitchen. The sandwich shop was the favorite stop for the locals, a small chalkboard sat on the sidewalk outside the door listing the daily specials and the aroma of freshly baked pies was an excellent way to entice people to come inside. The red checkered tablecloths and the small oil lamps on each table gave the shop a welcoming feel. The owners, an English couple who lived upstairs, went out of their way making sure everyone felt at home. Melinda wasted no time delivering coffee and root beer to the table and said, it seems that the sunshine brought everyone out today. Every table is full. What has you two in town on a Saturday afternoon, she asked. Matthew was the first to speak. Daniel claims he could smell strawberry pie from miles away. Daniel smiled and nodded while adding cream and sugar to his coffee. Melinda replied, the berries are so sweet we can't make enough pies fast enough to keep the bakery case full. 
Just as she was about to say something else, one of the tables called her away for more coffee. Before Melinda headed back to the table, she stopped to pick up Daniel's pie and Matthew's sandwich from the order window. After placing their food on the table and asking if they needed anything else, Daniel got enough nerve to speak up. Are you going to the church volleyball tournament next Friday, he asked. Melinda smiled and looked Daniel right in the eye. I haven't asked my father if I can go yet, but I'm hoping he'll say yes. Well, just for the record, I hope he says yes too. So there you have it. Chapter one and chapter two of The Secrets of Willow Springs. So that wraps up this week's episode. Next week, we'll have Patrick Craig as our guest to talk about his latest release. So we'll see you next week on Buggy Talk.